Hello and welcome back. This is Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones and joining me on this show is my co-host as always, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. How about yourself, sir? I can't complain. You know, we've uh, talked before, you and I, about sometimes not having enough to watch. And I am like experiencing television, comic book overload. I mean, as in I don't have enough time to watch everything. Really? Really? What are you into these days, man? Uh, let's see. I'm behind on Legion. I'm haven't started second season. Well, I'm only in the, the second episode, so we're uh, not that much off. Uh, I still want to watch Lost in Space because you said you've watched it and said that it was good. It was quite good, sir. I'm behind on Westworld. I just finished season one, so I'm behind two for season two. Okay, all right. Well, I'm only in one episode of season two, so you, so you and I are right there, neck and neck on that one. Uh, let's see here. I am just now caught up on Gotham, and no, I'm one episode behind on Gotham. I am caught up now to Flash. So, yeah, um, it's kind of the uh, council show season. So, I, I guess you heard where Gotham got renewed for a final season. Very good, sir. Fifth and final and, season. Yeah, and it's supposed to dive more into the the Batman uh, uh, era of things rather than you know just kind of the boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to wrap it up because you know it seems He's like so young, Gotham, though, right? Is what now? That the the guy who's playing Bruce is so young though, right? Uh, I'll put it this way. He's grown up very quickly in the last four years. I mean, ah, gotcha. he's he, he's at that age where he started looking really, really young. And I think he was, you know, in the last four years, he looks about, I would say, 18, maybe 19 now. So by the time next season rolls around, uh, he will probably look a little bit older. Um, curious thing was I had read that they m- might have replaced him for next season, but I'm curious to see uh, if he will come back since they know it's the last season. Replay that's a um, that's kind of late to be replacing him <laughs> in the last season of the show. Well, I don't, you know, I think this was before they knew, you know, if it just got renewed and it was the fifth season, and they were thinking, oh well, we may have a sixth. Let's age him a little bit and tell a different story. Curious now if they're going to change that, keep him in it because they know that hey, fifth and final. Gotcha. Gotcha. So another one that's on my list that got renewed that everyone on the Internet seemed to be very happy about. But I don't think it's one that you and I are currently watching. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know I'm not watching that, sir. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I have no opinion on the different uh, if it gets renewed or not. What about you? Are you trying to catch up or, you know, uh, we talk about it oftentimes, but these 22 episode seasons, I will probably never catch up on them at these days because it's so much to watch. Yeah, so how far did you get? And then I'll answer your question. Did, have you watched any? Uh, I haven't seen any Ghost Rider, any Space, any. I'm I'm probably two or three seasons behind. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of it's like you and I are like living in parallel, watching universes because I think it was right before or right in the middle of the season before Ghost Rider, which I think was the fourth season that I s- just stopped having time to watch it. Yeah, man, it's so so much to watch. So much to watch, dude. So I sent you a picture today that DC Streaming has said that they are coming out with a Doom Patrol, um, you know, streaming series. So how much do you know, if anything, about the Doom Patrol? 
I'm looking and I don't know any of these characters. I guess what? Robot Man, Negative Man, Elastic Girl, and Crazy Jane? I have no clue who these characters are. See, and there have been so many iterations of the uh, Doom Patrol over the years that I am like so curious as to who they're going to go with. Interestingly enough, um, Doom Patrol, the original Doom Patrol, premiered within months of... uh, the X-Men for Marvel, and they both, both of the series had a leader that was in a wheelchair. Both of the series had characters that were misfits, and both of them had uh, their main team that they went against. So one of them had the Brotherhood of Evil. The other one had the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. So, I mean, I just, uh. <laughs> just weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in what DC, so they're di- directly. Man, I can't talk today. Sorry, they're directly opposite Marvel. So yeah, I, I guess they were like minds. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it's it's just weird that they both came out. Which came with, first? I think the Doom Patrol actually beat them by a couple of months, if I'm not mis- mistaken. So are you saying your beloved X Men are knockoffs? I don't know, but you know what? I, I'm going to have to look that up and, 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 and come back. Maybe we'll need to do a discussing network video on who is the Doom Patrol. How about that? The, the better team won. I'll say that much. Hey, um, there have been many iterations of the X-Men, but at least they've been in publication. So, hey, there you yeah, go. Agreed. All right. So before we get into one other show that, that, I think you and I are, know that you and I both watched a couple of things that are coming up that I want to mention really, really briefly. Deadpool 2. Are you excited? Uh, you know what? I wasn't really excited about the first one. You know, the first one, so much information got leaked and, you know, actual uh, verbatim scenes or, or, or computer recreations were leaked months and months before the movie came out. Uh, I just recently watched the Celine Dion Deadpool video. Creepy. So there's that. Uh, you was know, it as creepy I, as I said? It wasn't really creepy. It was just, you know, satirical, funny-esque type. I didn't really see it as creepy. But, yeah, Deadpool doing what Deadpool do, you know. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, but, you know, I, as far as Deadpool, I, I have to say I'm excited for it. But, you know, I don't think it really can disappoint me because I'm not expecting a whole lot. But by that same token, I'm excited about it, you know. And if they just do what they did in the first movie, I think I'd pretty much be happy. So, you know, there's not too much they could do wrong. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, too, because it's not like you, you're going in expecting this thought-provoking, you know, high comedy, uh, you know, uh, Oscar-nominated Blah, blah, blah. You're expecting some adult humor. I mean, I mean, I'm talking about myself, but I'm saying you. I'm expecting adult humor, something funny, X-Men related, but I'm just expecting to go have fun, not, you know, like be all serious. Yeah, I think the exit was in a screenshot or something that leaked or maybe the trailer. So, you know, I, I like the, the X-Men DNA being in there. Um, you know, I wish at some point it could cross over a little bit more with the mainstream x-men movies which i guess is pretty much disbanded at this point other than the i guess black phoenix uh, i'm sorry is it dark phoenix dark phoenix (laughs) black phoenix that's the new movie yeah other than the dark phoenix movie that's coming out later next year which you know both of the x-men movies got delayed if it even comes out if it even comes out uh impending disney merger going on somewhere in the background there but you know um 
as far as Deadpool and, you know, the whole X-Force thing they're building up on the side, I think they've done a very good job of it. And they've made it exciting. They made it made it interesting. They have held no punches. They will go there. This kind of Deadpool's character. And Ryan Reynolds, I just have to get hats off to him because he's just done an excellent job in the character. Agreed. And I have to say that a computer simulation uh, or recreation of of Josh Brolin has made me now want to go see this man as Cable. Dude, he's a good actor, man. I don't know why you give him short shrift, man. I've I've seen there, there's been very few things I've seen him in that I didn't like. So. so so let me say this: you should have known me long enough by now to know if I'm wrong about something. Now, if I if I dislike something, I will like run it into the ground and through the ground. But I do if I am wrong about something. I do admit if I'm wrong, and and I am going to go ahead and say I am wrong about Cable even before seeing the movie because wow. he did such a great job as a computer-generated Thanos. <laughs> well, let's just hold off to see if it's going to be good or not. But let me just ask you this. Is there anything that you've seen uh, Josh Brolin in that you don't like, The you know, the reason why you have this kind of animosity against no, him? No, and, and it-, it really wasn't an animosity. It was more so that he didn't embody the mental image that I had of Cable. Cal, did he not have enough muscles and big and gray maybe, hair for you? <laughs> may, maybe that's what it was. It truly may. Have. But, it, but, but you know, it. I don't know. And maybe it was the fact that we really didn't see him that much. Who knows? But mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm already admitting that if he does as good as Cable as he did as Thanos, and this is going to be him actually acting. That's why I'm going ahead and giving that praise, because this is actually him, not a recreation. Then... I think I'm going to say, again, I was wrong. Yeah, and I totally agree. He's not the first pick. You know, he wouldn't probably be my first pick either. But, you know, uh, I kind of trust Ryan Reynolds and his team on this. Let them do what they do. Again, like I said, they have not disappointed me yet. So let's just kind of see what we get, I guess. Point taken. So really, really quick before we move into what we're actually talking about Cloak and Dagger, I don't think is something that you've found any interest in yet. Am I right? I know nothing, sir. What do you got? Okay, so Cloak and Dagger will premiere on June the 7th on Freeform. It's another Marvel property. It's basically two. I'm not sure exactly what the story is here, but it's two runaways. One um, gains the power of light and she can shoot these daggers for, of light from her hands. The other one is consumed in darkness and has a cloak, hence cloak. And he uh, is the embodiment so much of darkness. She's the embodiment of light and they're drawn to each other. Okay. Opposites attract, I guess. Yep. So uh, kind of teenage angst drama, uh, if that's the right word, and more runaways-ish kind of feeling probably, but a little bit more maybe um, – you know, teen heartthrob-ish kind of um, interesting that um, I'm curious to see how they set up the characters, if they're runaways or if they're, you know, just normal kids in school or what. Hmm. You know, I think it could work, especially on the channel that is on, because isn't Freeform like formerly ABC Family or something like that? I think so, yes. Yeah, so it may work there. So, one more. We got a trailer for Luke Cage, which is June 22nd. Good sir, have you seen Luke Cage's trailer yet? Uh, I have once. 
So I'm trying to see how much I remember of it. Um, yeah, I can't say that I was overly excited by what I saw. It just seemed like more Luke Cage being Luke Cage. I heard you guys talk about it on Dice Junkies this past weekend. But, you know, if they do pretty much what they did last season, I think I'll be happy. Um, they go on an interesting thing in this trailer. Minor spoilers from the trailers, the trailer, by the way. But you do see this thing where they're going into um, somebody, I guess, as powerful as Luke Cage, because you see Luke Cage actually bleed and stuff. So that was interesting to see. And it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they actually play that out in the show. Uh, other than that, uh, I guess we saw Misty Knight with the robotic arm, which yes. is pretty cool. Yes, I can't, I can't say that I'm overly excited about that, but you know, um, it should be interesting in how they play it out. You know, so do we know where she gets the arm from? By the way, I have, I'm, I'm going to assume Rand Industries. Okay, that makes sense. That's just my gut assumption because there, I, I could see them saying that before they would say Tony Stark, but. Um, you know, you know, it's interesting that I have this affinity of seeing side characters blossom into their roles like I did with Trish and the other show with Jessica Jones. Now yeah. I'm all about Misty and this one. But uh, considering that you said something about talking about it yesterday, I want to give a shout out again to Dice Junkies for inviting me on. I had a world of fun going on with them yesterday afternoon. So thanks again. I would love to come back anytime, but that was a lot of fun yesterday. Awesome sauce, dude. So one more story, and actually it's the uh, reason we're having this episode tonight, which is you and I have both finished up season one of Black Lightning. Hmm. You know, again, uh, talking back to DiceJunkies.com and their uh, show that you were on yesterday, I felt myself kind of yelling at my uh, uh, phone slash car stereo player as you guys were talking about this show. Um you guys went into sort of the uh, civil rights aspects or preachy aspects that were in the show. Uh, I'm sure we're going to dive into that, but but I have thoughts I want to talk about a little Good, bit later. Good, because I, I hope you do. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I will say that, the you know, the more that I thought about this show, you know, especially after, you know, the conversation you're referring to, I have thoughts too. So thoughts are good. So, um, you and I did a review. In fact, go, okay, go for it. Go for it. In fact, you know, um, one of my favorite parts about the show, which is the, the, the theme song, which isn't great, by the way, but you know, before and after they come back from a uh, go to commercial interruption, they, the, the rapper comes on, he says this thing like, last night I saw a superhero. He was black. He said, this is for the streets. Black lightning's back. And I'm like, if you don't get that this show is kind of civil rightsy preachy from that, yeah, you might not need to be watching the show, you know. But anyway, we'll dive into it. Right? Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, so you and I did a uh, video for our discussing network, which you can find at youtube.com slash discussing network. So make sure you subscribe so that you can get all the latest videos. So we did a review of the first episode. So high level, after you first saw it, not knowing anything really about who Black Lightning was other than, you know, watching it and things we had talked about. Just recap real quick. Can you remember first episode? What was your initial take? Uh, my initial take is, you know, um, I really enjoyed it. I felt that 
while being a superhero show, it really hit some issues that us as a country has been dealing with that I think are valid, whether you're black or white. And um, going on from there to see, you know, this guy who's been struggling to hold back or slash hide these powers from his 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 children and, you know, for the sake of trying to get his wife back to kind of suppress what he's been doing and just kind of live a normal life. And we see where it kind of comes to a head where he can't do that any longer. Yeah. So what about you, man? Yes. And before before we move any further, one piece of news that I did not mention, it was actually at the top of my list and I distracted myself. I do want to mention that today marked the passing, unfortunately, of Margot Kidder, who yeah. many know as Lois Lane from the yes. 1978-1980s Superman movie. So just wanted to kind of, you know, pay uh, respects to her, you know, in this episode. So. Yeah, which is funny because we kind of had that recent conversation where we talked about our favorite favorite Lois Lanes. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, it, admittedly, she wasn't mine. Um, I, I, I'm I'm partial to what I grew up with was which was the excuse me can't talk which was the Lois and Clark Lois Lane. So I like Terry Hatcher's Lois Lane, but you know whatever you grew up with, whatever Lois Lane you love. But just uh, all that being said, you know, um, you that movie paved the way for a lot of other comic book movies. And just I was looking on Wikipedia the the body of work that she's done, and she's done a lot of things, and uh, just hearts and minds to her family and uh yeah definitely a a superhero slash comic book uh slash icon <laughs> uh, to the yeah. big screen icon yeah yeah so yeah. well it said that she died in her sleep so you know whatever you know happened it's just a reminder i guess that not any of us are promised tomorrow so enjoy the day and you know make the best of it so that's what that's what that's what we'll do we'll make the best of this episode and enjoy it because Hey, you know, that's what we do. So, so yeah. moving on, moving on. Um, so we were talking about Black Lightning and uh, we, I kind of derailed us. So do you remember where we were? Well, I mean, I'll just give you kind of the lay of the land of the first episode about how we have Jefferson Pierce trying to live a normal life as a school teacher. And, you know, again, I'll say for the sake of his family, uh, trying to just be a normal person and, we see where his wife is, you know, she she has left him because she just can't, you know, take him being a hero and seeing him, you know, coming home in this state every night. And she's just out of it, you know, and and, and by the time the show starts, we see where they start to reconnect. And uh, I guess we go from there. So let me ask you this, um, you know, well, for me, I knew the show was coming and I will admit I did not have a lot of. Um, I did not have a lot of hopes that the story would be very good. And I'll tell you why they being the CW made a point at the beginning, uh, you know, to say this is not connected to the Arrowverse. So for me, that to me, that meant that you've got every other superhero story on there. Admittingly, you took CBS's Supergirl and transported her to the CW. And while she lives on a different earth, you cross her over with, you know, the other arrow verses, so to speak. So my thought was, why is it that Black Lightning can't be part of the Arrowverse? So a part of me maybe thought, well, was that because, you know, they picked up this show and they're not quite really feeling 
the story or what whatever the case may be. Luckily, I was very happy with the story. So that was my and even that first episode, I was very happy with it. You know, I'm still kind of disgruntled about them not including it in the uh, Arrowverse, which I guess they could change it at some point. But if you think about the other shows, which I've only really seen Supergirl, I've seen everything up until this current season and, you know, The Flash and Legends Tomorrow and how those shows are so tonally different from what we have in Black Lightning. You know, I don't I don't think those shows are as preachy or are really trying to make a statement for that matter whereas black lightning is lightning is very much trying to make a statement and i think maybe that's why they chose to separate it uh by the by the same point you would hope that it could be included you know they could have called it another earth or something like that and i think that's kind of disappointing because you want all these shows that live on this channel to kind of co-mingle and and have crossover opportunities when possible so it's kind of disappointing yeah, I, I'm going to speculate that now that it's been renewed for a second season, I'm going to speculate that we will in some point, some fashion, see, you know, a crossover, even if, if it's just acknowledging it in some fashion or just, you know, I would be happy to see, you know, um, one of the characters just crossover universes for just a cameo or something, just to have that acknowledgement that they're all part of the same thing. But having watched Flash, Flash comes o- across as Barry can be such a wimp sometime because he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I've got to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm the hero and I'm responsible for everyone. And I know that that's what a hero does, but he does come across as whiny sometime. And mm. I didn't see Black Lightning as whiny in the least. No, no, no. Black Lightning is very much a character who knows what he is. Um, he knows what he can do, even though in this show we see where he experiments and he gets a few extensions of his powers throughout the show. But he's very much a character that's comfortable with himself and he knows who he is. And his whole purpose uh, from the show, it seems like that he just wants to clean up Suicide Slum, his streets. He wants it to be a good place for his students and ultimately his family. So that's kind of his whole purpose. He's not really looking at the bigger picture of, you know, what's going on in the world and and maybe not even the weight of the world on his shoulders. But he's very much um, which I, I like is that he's more of a community based uh, superhero, you know, a friendly neighborhood superhero, uh, so to speak. Okay, so um, so let's go ahead before we get into these actual characters. If if you're good with this, let's let's keep going on the tone of the of the story and the um, you know the civil rights and the and the the basically the black versus the white here. Are you good with that? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so. One of the things that that my mind has been wrestling with, just hearing different people talking about, you know, well, maybe this was a show for, you know, someone who's not white or or people who, you know, are, you know, this was made for. I never, while watching it, felt like this show wasn't for me and hmm. kind of helped me understand why I didn't feel that. <laughs> I, I don't know I'm, if I can help you. I, and maybe you can't, but, <laughs> but, but I never felt like, you know, that, that, that I couldn't, I couldn't relate to this character. Now, can I relate to, totally relate 
to some of the things that happened to him? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't have a, maybe I couldn't have a, an exact empathy, but I could have a sympathy and an, an understanding. Am I making sense? Am I going the right way? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so what is your thoughts? Uh, well, my thoughts are, and maybe you can explain a little bit about the origin, but this character very much came up in that black exploitation error. Correct. Um, and, you know, Black Lightning is in his name. And, you know, I, I pulled up the actual Justice League of America cover when he meets Superman. In the words he says, even, you know, again, very much of his time, but he says, uh, with that job, bunch of turkeys in the JLA, forget it. You know, I mean, come on. He's, he's, he's very much that 1970s black exploitation. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And to say we're going to bring this character forward. Now, I don't know as to his adventures over the last, what, what several years, but to say we're going to bring this character fo- forward and try to realize his, not even his origin, but or realize him in today's time and for him to not carry over some of those ideas from the past over into this show uh, it's kind of asking a lot and look at the whole premise of the show we have this what is it green light that is this drug that they're using to control a community control a black community because they don't want them to get out of hand now i don't know how much of that is from the original story how much of that was introduced for this television show but it's very much ingrained into the dna of the show itself so uh, it's kind of hard to get around that stuff so um back to his you know start in the late 70s Marvel hired someone called by the name of Tony Isabella, who created a certain character named Luke Cage. DC turned around and hired him later to create their own black superhero, African-American superhero. But at the time, you know, their black superhero and their black deportation uh, era. And they he created Black Lightning for, um, you know, DC. Originally, um, you know, he did not have any powers. It was his suit, his uh, big, bulky, uh, big sleeved shirt that gave him. There was a circuitry <laughs> in it that gave him the lightning powers. It was later uh, revealed that he actually had like a metagene that gave him the powers. You know, so it was it came from him, not from his shirt. Basically, do we do we know how much of the uh, what I want to ask. So, so, well, let me ask you, you, you said you do not like the suit in the show. No, this, it, the, the bulkiness of the suit, you know, how it, the, the, the suit passed the, uh, you know, 1988, the big sleeved shirts that with the, you know, which was basically a rendition of the yellow, uh, shirt that Luke used to wear, except it was blue, black with lightning on it. But it, you know, it, uh, had no buttons in the front, but it had the big sleeves. And, you know, so it was basically a rendition of Luke Cage's, uh, just color different. But after they got rid of that, he had a very sleek, uh, um, you know, full-bodied superhero costume with lightning on it that really looked cool. And that's what he had most of the 90s and into, you know, 2000 and, and is even still wears today for the most part. Yeah, I do like how they said um, some of the aspects of the suit 
uh, actually enhances what he can already do. You know, um, seems like without the suit, he wouldn't be able to do a, a, a lot from the show, at least because it it actually really enhances his abilities, which I really liked how they played that. Yep. 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 So um, anything else about the the tone of, you know, who this is written for? Or have we pretty much covered that? Um. Yeah. I mean, again, I'll just say like it's hard to. It's hard to watch this show and not and, and for them not to do that. May, I want to get you to speak on the whole green light part. Do you know if that's from the original story? Or was that made up for the show? I think that was made up for the show. Hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that the green light was made up specifically f- um, for the show. Yeah. And it's also like... Um, this movie, um, this show, did it come out before Black Panther? Um, let's see. I think it yes. premiered. Yeah, right before it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I would say that it took some of the things that were done in Black Panther and like went to the extreme with it. But um, they really had a message. And was some of it, some of it over the top? Uh, yes, it was. They you, they uttered the words uh, "Make America Great Again." Yes. Uh, in the show. Was it over the top? Yes. But things like him getting stopped by the police and getting racially profiled, I thought that was that was well done. Uh, he didn't just destroy the cops. <laughs> he just kind of gave him this look. But, you know, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing. Race, race relations are a hard thing to try to um, discuss or try to put across on television or radio or whatever. It's hard to talk about. And the the way they did it in the show, while sometimes it did feel a bit preachy, I still thought that it was not out of the character. You know, it wasn't like we're watching Mary Poppins and then somebody goes on and says, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's it, it, it's not like, you know, Mary Poppins walks in the room and there's a whole bunch of people. And then, you know, you realize Mary Poppins is really missy and then she kills everybody. <laughs> So, I mean, the bad example for me, but you know what you're watching. You know what you're watching. And that's to be expected. Now, if that's not for you, fine. I mean, there are plenty of other shows that don't really cover anything interesting. They just, you know, are laughable. Go ahead and watch those. You know, let's if you don't want to. Uh, who is it said? It may have been our friend Dietrich, but he says, like, comic books have always tackled real world issues. And if you're not even approaching that in your comics they're probably not that great i feel but whatever (laughs) well okay so here here here's my final thought on it and then we'll move on which is you know i went in knowing that black lightning was not going to be flash and i wanted to watch it knowing that it was not flash or it was not arrow it was not supergirl or whatever you know any Race relations are any, um, you know, story that I can learn from. You know, let's assume that I'm not who I am and I don't have the relationships that I do. And if I could learn something about someone else's culture, whether they're African American, whether they're Asian American, whether they're Native American or whatever, if it, it is, if it is a story that can teach me something, because if we don't talk about whatever that is, that's where the, 
you know, I don't want to use the word ignorance comes from, but the failure to understand is what makes people afraid of something else. And, you know, did did Black Lightning appear preachy to me at some points? Yes. But look beyond that, see the story. And like I said, on the Dice Junkies, right before we moved on to something else yesterday, we have a time in our society that on TV or in the theaters within months of each other, you have representation from a superhero who is on the streets, uh, a superhero who is in the schools as a principal, and a superhero who is a king. And they're all African or African-American. And that right there should be applauded. <laughs> you know, uh, just, I know you want to move on to your major final point. But go but, for it. Uh, just, just think of the, the notion of preachy and the things we talk about. I mean, I'm sure people well, may have felt Superman was preachy at some point. And I think we've talked about that before. True. Have we not? Yeah, yeah, we, so, yeah we have. So, I mean, it, it, it just happens from time to time. And again, like this character, if any, is probably going to be the preachiest of them. Now, do I hope they move on from that in season two? Yes. I hope we get more superhero, less less preachy and more diving into story. But, you know, for a first season where you're establishing the character, I think that's going to be something you're going to see a lot. Just like when we see uh, Black Panther 2. I don't expect to see none of the even though it was very lightly, lightly touched. I don't suspect we'll see any of that in Black Panther 2. You know, just my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, and let me say this on Preachy real quick. The Flash can be very Preachy at times. So Really? Yep, absolutely. So, moving on. Moving on. Um, just derailed the whole podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was, hey, I, I, I love it whenever we can have a conversation to where it's something that we're passionate about and we're not sitting here trying to come up with something good to say. We're having a good conversation. And that's what we're having. So, um, so let me ask you. Uh, we've talked about injecting politics. We've talked about, uh, you know, you know, is it who's it for and et cetera and so forth. Let's actually get into the actual characters. So the first character I want to talk about is Lynn, the ex-wife. What were your thoughts about her story? Um, I liked her. I thought that I can, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a wife or woman, but I think I can feel her pain on some of the 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 reservation she had of, of Jefferson going out and doing this superhero thing. And, you know, I, what I do like what they did in the story was they showed the toll it was taking on him as well as her. And that's something that's often glazed over in superhero shows, movies. Um, we show the damsel that's home when he's off doing his thing and she's worried, but I don't think we show enough of, you know, him coming back beaten and bruised and, you know, her just worrying for his safety. He's not, he's not, he's not God. He can be hurt. And I really like how they showed her emotion around him doing this thing. And I thought it was really well done. Did you, what did you think about her in the show? <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So for me, for her, I loved how her story progressed as a character over those 13 episodes, because I remember from that very first episode, it was like, okay, you're the ex-wife, you're, you know, anti, you're going to be an antagonist, uh, basically, throughout the entire story. And that was my anticipation of her at the very beginning. She 
totally flipped it throughout the uh, you know, 13 episodes to where I was afraid in the finale and spoilers if you haven't seen all of the, um, you know, series yet. But I was afraid, okay, is she going to get killed at the end? Cause that was what I was thinking was going to happen when they were in the cottage at the end. Uh, I was yeah. like, okay. And luckily, uh, Jennifer saved her, but I was like, Okay, they're going to have a tra, cause I was thinking this is going to end with a tragedy and the mom's going to get killed. So I went from not even liking her to worrying about her toward the end. Yeah. And, um, in, you know, we have the whole Cosby thing and, you know, you can't watch the Cosby show anymore, but I will say seeing, uh, Lynn and Jefferson as parents, forget the superhero part. But the way they ran their family as parents, I uh, forget the whole lying to them about superheroes and stuff, but <laughs> but just them as parents, I thought was an excellent model slash portrayal of of how a family should be. I thought it was really well done. Lynn was caring, going in and talking to the daughter. You know, they had family meals, sit around a table. I just love seeing that on television um, for again, black people, <laughs> but uh, any, any race for that matter. I love seeing it on television where you can have that family interaction and it's a solid family relationship. It's, it's not dysfunctional other than the whole superhero thing. And I thought it was just really well done. They felt, they always felt like a loving family amidst all this, um, superhero powers emerging turmoil that they were going through. And people trying to kill him too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's what made me keep coming back over and over and over to watch more was, you know, you take out the, um, you know, you take out the fact that he's got the powers and you see him as a principal fighting against, you know, gangs or, or, or whatever. They could have very easily have taken out the, the superhero element and added in something else. I don't know what that would have been, but his character stands as Jefferson Pierce, yes. not as Black Lightning. Yes. I'm like, I want that guy as my principal. Do you see him having them kids saying this, this phrase or whatever, this little speech when they get to school every day? And the way he holds himself, the way he mentors and tries to help the community and the kids. I want that guy as my principal. You know, he is, like you said, forget Black Lightning, uh, just on Jefferson Pierce alone. Him and Lynn also being a scientist slash doctor. I can't remember which one is actually exactly she was. But but seeing them on their own merits, uh, sans superhero abilities, really, really cool family. Yep, agreed. And the casting for both of them, you know, were, was completely spot on, in my opinion. Yes, yes. You know, what, I will admit when I first saw the picture of him in the Black Lightning, you know, costume, and it may have been again the, the, the costume itself, I was thinking, hmm, he's really not how I envisioned Black Lightning. <laughs> but after that first episode, it was like, you're right. He did such a good job of having that presence that he did seem like that perfect principal figure. Yeah. And I can't say that I've seen Chris Williams in anything else. And I haven't either for that matter. So, um, but someone that you have seen in something else, and I don't remember what it was. I want to talk about Jennifer next, the youngest daughter. What did you uh. think of her? Um, she was on Meet the Browns, I think, back in the day. Okay. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I thought she did really well. Um, you know what? Her being the youngest, I really didn't expect a whole lot out of her. And really, out of all of them, she probably had the least to kind of do, in my opinion. Um, cause, cause, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I like where, I like the whole relationship she had with, uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Khalil. Khalil and seeing how that whole art progressed. And, you know, being the teenager who doesn't want, does not want to follow in the footsteps of her parents. She just wants to be a normal kid, which is like the opposite of every teenager I've ever seen. So that was weird, but, <laughs> but the actor I thought did a really good job. And, um, Seeing where she got to by the end, in the midst of trying to uh, not have these powers and not even wanting them to see where she got, I thought was really well done. Mm. And so here's what I found interesting was you have Anissa who develops powers and she, you know, immediately, you know, picks up the mantle and I want to be Thunder, you know, and I'm I'm going to be a superhero, not realizing her dad is one. And so she's like her dad reincarnated you know yes. she's definitely her her dad's daughter and i saw uh jennifer as more leaning as a younger version of her mother not a mature version you know she did not have that maturity but she acted the actress played out the the immaturity very well yes she did she did um yes yes i agree so uh what did what did you think of anissa and her story I thought it was very interesting and surprising um, for all these preachy things you say we say we see in the show. Uh, they went kind of the progressive route and she was a lesbian on the show, which I was very shocked to to find and disappointed because I thought she was hot. <laughs> but <laughs> but, you know, uh, I thought she did a really good job. Like you said, she falls right off the tree from her father in the series. Um, you know, she was very much that. One of the elements in the show, again, just like her father, trying to make this um, civil rights statement, preachy statement in in the show with her going to the rallies and defacing the statue and all this stuff. So um, I really liked her in the show. And I, I actually liked those elements as well, and as well as her whole relationships, seeing how her having different relationships and how she's coping. And finding herself, because I think, you know, even though she was already what um, she had already graduated and was in a professional life, I feel like this season was a lot of her finding herself as well, because I think in the first episode, she winds up in jail or something. So so she's growing. She's getting these powers. And by the end of the season, uh, she has grown tremendously. Yeah. You know, for me and for her, you know, I obviously knew who her character was and you know, knew what she would become. So I had that foreknowledge and, you know, I knew about, you know, her sexuality from the comics. But again, this goes into what we're talking about. Take away the powers. They're what I would hope a parent would be as in, I'm sure at some point she had to have that conversation with her parents and the parents love their child regardless. And, yes, you know, agreed. whether they agreed with it, whether they understood it, you know, they loved the person, you know, regardless. So, uh, you know, I, I am glad that they presented her sexuality as here it is, but didn't make it as a, you know, well, you know, hey, guess what? I'm a lesbian. You know, it, it was just part of her, her tapestry, but it didn't define 
who Anissa or who Thunder was. Yeah, it was very much an afterthought. Um, while they showed it and they it was prevalent on screen from time to time, um, I, I still think that after we got past that, it was just, you know, another part of her character and you know, they didn't really have to focus on it. And again, like you said, with her parents, again, like I said, very loving family and protege-esque family that you like to see on TV. And, you know, the way they handled her and even even the daughter who didn't want to be a part of them. Uh, I thought they did a very good job of just their family interactions and portrayal. So let's extend the family just a little bit and talk about probably one of the most controversial characters in this series, which is Gamby, Peter Gamby. Gamby, Gamby, Gamby. So what do you think of Gamby? Oh, man. It's hard. It's hard. And, I mean, Jefferson had these similar struggles. It's just like this guy who's been part of your family for all of pretty much Jefferson's adult life. And we know that this dude has been lying. You know, is it okay when somebody lies and they're trying to help you? Is that okay? I, I throw that question to you, sir. Oh, hard one. Um, I'm I, shielding you from the world. Yeah, Easter I, bunnies are real. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I have a little bit of uh, I don't want to say sympathy, but okay. So you know, if I put myself in a situation, I'm the white guy who has been part of this, you know, black family that I am a part of, that I've been a part of for 30 something years. So, you know, I, you know, I could, I, I, I like the way that I, the way, and, and maybe I instilled some of my own thoughts onto the Gamby character and maybe this isn't his perception, but I didn't see him as saying, I'm taking care of, you know, some, some black guy's kids or the some, you know, I didn't see that. I was like, he was like a surrogate father to Jefferson. That's, that's how I saw it. So am I answering your question? I don't think so. Yeah. 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 But, no, I, yeah no, I think it definitely goes beyond that whole, you know, people like to say the white savior complex or whatever. It goes way well beyond that. But cause like, cause like you said, he's part of the family. Now, at first, he had saw we had done a wrong to somebody he knew. And this was, I guess, his repentance for that. But, you know, as years pass, it grew into something much more. And, you know, I can see that somebody has a dark secret. They don't tell somebody at first. And, you know, how do you tell them about the 20 years when you've waited all this time and hadn't said anything? So I can I can very see carefully. Yeah, very carefully. And, you know, Gambia is somewhat of a confusing character. He's supposed to be a good guy, but he's, we see him killing several people. Right. And uh, I'm confused by his character, honestly. Now, as it, as it to him relates, as him relating to the family, the Jeffersons, I think that the Jefferson, <laughs> I think that <laughs> the Pierce's, Oh, the Pierce's movie. Jefferson Pierce. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we're not we're not moving on up. This is we're past that. Good job, Turkey. Uh, <laughs> so so I mean, with his relationship as it relates to the Pierce's, I thought that it was good. I thought that he was genuine. But by the same token, he doesn't really seem like a good guy, you know. And it's kind of hard to say because he does a lot of good things, but. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so I, I'm going to to reference something 
that I shared with you and our co-host of Discussing Holy Shackelford the other day. And it was something that I found on the internet uh, shared by another podcaster by the name of Ian Bissett that was a saying where, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to get this right, but it's basically saying the idea that you have of yourself as, is different from the idea that I have of you and that Lee has of you and that your brother Carrie has of you and that your mother and your father and your sister and your cousins and et cetera and so forth. Everybody has a different perception of everybody else. So how am I tying this into what you're saying? At the end of the day, is Gamby a good guy or a bad guy? You know, people do good things. People do bad things. People make mistakes. People do things that are bad, maybe for the right reasons. And they all have to account for that at some point. I'm looking at him as he is relating to the Pierce's. And I think in my perception, he's doing everything that he's doing for their benefit. And for that, I cannot fault him. Hmm. Interesting. Deep. I didn't really, I didn't think this was going to get deep, but oh, that was deep. <laughs> your thoughts. Um, uh, I think I probably said yeah. pretty much the same. I, I, I feel bad about him. You know, he actually killed some people with the gun in, in this series. And other than, um, who, who does the very last killing? Now that's one of the kids, isn't it? Or one of the, no, in, it was Gamby, show. wasn't it? It was oh, still Gamby. Yeah, he he killed several people in this series. Yeah, he killed Mister Make America Great Again. Yeah, and I don't know how I feel about that. Um, you know, we just went through a season of Jessica Jones, troubled by the fact that she killed some people, and I don't know that I saw any of the other Marvel people kill a lot of people in in the uh, Netflix world. But when you look here, and I don't know what happens on the other CW shows, I don't think I've ever saw Supergirl kill anybody. No, I don't. I don't think I saw Black Lightning kill anybody. No, and, and I've seen <laughs> uh, I've seen Flash get pissed off and pretty much kick people off the team because they hurt somebody or something, much less kill somebody. Yeah. So the fact that Gammy kills people and what really pissed me. Oh, this was the worst part of the whole show to me, and I have to say it right here. That end part where they kill the guy, the, the great make America great again guy. When they kill him, like the whole family is standing there, and he just goes up and kills the guy with his kids there. Jefferson's kids are there, his wife is there, and they think it's okay. No matter what the person has done, everybody deserves justice. You know, that's how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I I it, agree with you, and I'm it, not again. That was pure murder. I agree. And I am not, I am not condoning him for that. I'm just saying you asked me about, you know, you know, how I saw him as in relation to, you know, some of the things that he's done. My, my point being, again, I'm not condoning anything he's done, but his relationship to them, I still believe he's doing that to protect them. Now, is he going to extreme? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no doubt he's doing it to protect them, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So let's let's move on to a true blue bad guy, which is Tobias. What did you think of Tobias? I thought he was interesting. I hmm, I like the how he doesn't age. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the super strength, I guess. And, you know, and he was the one who was in the, I guess, actually killed uh, Jefferson's father. father so, right. 
Yeah, so, you know, a little um, a motivation for Jefferson, which I thought was, you know, was, was <laughs> well me. done and, and, and interesting. Um, you know, as far as him and his characters, he pretty much is not – he doesn't have that much depth. I'll say that. Um, but he does have a semi-interesting background, which which was enough for me to to um, to stay interested. So for me, he was the least developed, and, and and you said you know he doesn't have much of a background. He was the least developed and least interesting for me. I found Lala much more interesting than I found Tobias. Agreed, because Lala had a bit of an arc. You yeah, know? he did. Uh, he did. And uh, you know, from bad to being undead, bad. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't know why. Which walking which, bad. <laughs> yeah, he was the walking bad. Um, but yeah, I I just didn't I just didn't feel you know Tobias. And like I said, I didn't like Lala, but he was at least he was good at being bad. Yeah, Tobias was pretty much cookie cutter cookie cutter villain. Yeah. Uh, didn't really add a lot. I did like his his assistant. I thought was interesting. You know, uh, it took about halfway through the show to start actually talking, but I thought she was interesting. Probably more interesting than him, actually. So <laughs> I don't know. I did like the uh, the uh, maniacal uh, mortician woman. I actually liked her as a villain much more than I did him. Jill Scott. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. I guess the interesting interesting thing about her and um and Gamby and the other great make America great again guy, which I wish I knew his name. I hate saying it every time. <laughs> but the interesting thing about those three being a part of that organization that originally brought the white lightning to the community, I thought that was very interesting. And I like you know I, I like the dy- dynamic there between those guys, where you have part of them that are trying to. Con- continue the mission that they've been doing for 30 some odd years and then you have the one that you know I don't want to do this anymore you know so I thought that was pretty well done so what did you think and two more characters that I want to ask about the vice principal what did you think of her I never would have guessed she was part of the alliance or whatever you call the bad guys (laughs) I never would have thunk it I liked her though I thought she was pretty straightforward um but yeah, she even in the end, she really didn't do that much. You know, um, she put out, I guess, the hit to get uh, Jefferson Pierce at the end. And she kind of kind of leaned on his side in a way because she didn't want to see him die. So, I, yeah, I, I, I liked her. She was OK. What about you? Did you get the feeling at the beginning that she might be a love love interest, an alternate love interest for Jefferson? I thought she would be. She very much seemed like she liked the guy. And it seemed like they got along really well. And just to see her be a part of the the um, the the uh, the bad guys in the show, I, I really didn't never saw it coming. Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. And I I totally thought again at the beginning, I thought Lynn was going to be, you know, an antagonist. And I thought she would be, you know, his new, you know, love interest for the show and and that Lynn would be bad. But I'm glad that I was wrong because I really wound up liking Lynn. So what about the cop, the, uh, you know, the one that got the promotion during the course of the, and I can't remember his name. I just remember he was the next door neighbor, his friend that was the cop. So what did you think of him? Uh, he'll wind up being the uh, Jefferson Pierce's worst enemy in season two. Really? What makes you uh, think that? Uh, well, you know, the cop 
he he was mostly a good guy. He was a good guy. He was on the side of right and trying to weed out corruption in the precinct. But I think if he ever finds out who Jefferson Pierce really is, did he find him out in this season? I can't remember. No, he did not. Yeah, I, I think if he finds that out, that he's going to take a different approach. I, I really think that. I liked him in the season, though. I thought he was pretty good. Uh, other than, you know, being a – he wasn't really an informant, but, you know, he's talking to a guy they're trying to catch, which <laughs> which is a little dubious. But he was on the side of right because, like I said, there was a lot of corruption in the department. And that was kind of his only out to try to um, right the ship. So to speak. You know, so, you know, what I find interesting, anytime you have the superhero who's protecting the person with the with the not revealing the identity and you're keeping that from them, it's not to, well, I'm trying to deceive you. It's I'm trying to protect you, because if they knew that they were friends, they would have come after him, too. No, Kyle, I'm going to talk like this. Or you're not going to know who I am. OK. And that is my <laughs> one z- single complaint about this freaking entire series. It's just Batman, dude. It, Batman but, but the whole Batman, uh, I'm, I'm Black Lightning. I, I, I just don't like that. And you guys brought up a good point on the, the Dice Junkie podcast or, or YouTube show. When you were talking about the, you were talking about his voice as well as just the eye covering to disguise himself, which why is it always the DC heroes who don't really mask? I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, you got su- I guess Batman does, but you got Superman who doesn't. He slicks his hair back and takes his glasses off. Come on, people. Come on. Well, you know, they say that Superman supposedly moves so fast, you know, that he's vibrates a little bit so that you really can't get a good look at his face. That's that's the. the <laughs> Except you know, for those times when he like talks in front of a crowd and yeah, <laughs> and, and, at a podium. Okay, so so let's say he's in front of so so, so 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 let's just think about it for a second. He is in front of a video, you know, like at a podium. He's being videotaped. So you're saying not you, but they're saying that the technology today uh, does not allow us to slow that freaking video down and see who he is. He's vibrating all the time. That's what you're saying. Yeah, really. I, no, I don't get that. I mean, I mean, Black Lightning for that matter. Okay, if I work with you every day, and if I just come up in a superhero suit and just eye covering, you telling me you're not going to know who I am. You're not going to know. You're not going to know who I am. You, you will. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I got you one better. All right. So, uh, okay. So we're at a convention. We have a, you know, we're 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 at whatever convention. We're walking. We're walking around in a convention, and you say, you know, there's. Uh, there's, uh, you know, somebody robbing a booth at a convention and you say, hey, Kyle, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I'm standing there and you walk away. And then here's here comes this person that is, oh, you're six foot five. Oh, look, this person is six foot five. This person is looks except they're dressed differently, just like you. But you talk differently. Oh well, no, that's not Clarence. Hey, oh, I wonder where, is Clarence okay? I mean, that that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's comic books, man. I can I can suspend my disbelief, but still, but so, still. So, do I take it that you enjoyed this season? 
Yeah, I can't wait for season two, man. I loved it. I thought it was well done. Plenty of good messages in there, as well as some good character development and arcs, along with several, you know, the whole family element that I loved. Uh, interesting, uh, semi-interesting villains, which, you know, when you're doing a weekly superhero show and you're not changing them out completely, I guess it's kind of hard to keep one that's interesting throughout the whole time but they had several that were not just great but it kept my attention i'll say that much at least and you know uh interested to see what they do in the next season as far as villains hopefully they'll dive a bit more into the dc lore and bring somebody in that's a bit more you know less cartoony and more um a little more believable because i will say the villains in this season were very cartoony for the most part which is which is fine, you know. Well, I did like the fact that they didn't use that villain of the week mentality. You know, yeah. you know, I kind of found that refreshing. I totally loved the family aspect of it. Um, I loved the character development. I didn't like that they turned her boyfriend, you know, into the uh, <laughs> cyborgish. Uh, you know, now I've got a metal backbone with darts coming out of my uh, palms or whatever. Bad guy. Yeah, I, I could have bought the exoskeleton, but with the darts, I was like, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, cool nonetheless. I mean, you know, that gives her an antagonist, I guess, uh, whenever <laughs> she's what you like, something funny. <laughs> they gave me a growth uh, hormone. That's why my hair is so long. <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm <laughs> no, the dude, the dude was like bald headed when he left. He's yeah, gone for three that. months, and his hair is like freaking dread, like he'd been the Rastafari in his whole life or something. Like, which didn't make sense. I mean, totally. But I mean, I guess you know, take it for what you will. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I I can't wait uh, for another season. I'm glad. That, it, that it's gotten another season. I will make one last comment, though, on uh, the tone being different. It was originally shopped to Fox, and Fox passed on it, and then the CW picked it up. Ah. So, so I'm wondering if some of that different tone was made for Fox less so than the, you know, almost ha- everything's happy CW um, and I can see it being on Fox too, actually. Yeah, you know, it seems it it, it it just seems like it has a Fox feel. I don't want them to change the feeling of it. I like the show as it is, but it was originally maybe, developed for Fox, and maybe that could explain the lack of the shared universe as well. Maybe so, maybe so. And I did read that they're not opposed to it. They've said, okay, if it happens, let it happen organically. If the writers and producers want it to happen, but we're not going to mandate that it happens. That's what I think I read. So. All right, scale of one to ten, what would you give it? Um, Mr. Gamby, I'll give it a seven. Okay. Uh, <laughs> m- m- uh, Mr. Pierce, I will uh, take that seven and give it a uh, – I'm going to go ahead and give it an eight because I actually look forward to seeing what was going to happen in the next episode. Ah, awesome sauce. All right, so anything that you wanted to talk about about it that I might have missed? I think we covered it all, sir. I've like, talked way too much. Nah, never, never, never that, <laughs> never that. So if I were to ask where people could find something that you're working on other than discussing comics, what might that be? Uh, I'll just direct people if you're into Star Trek. I'm giving away some Star Trek pop finals, some Star Trek Beyond. 
Uh, there's ten of them, I think. No, eight of them. So yeah, if you're into Star Trek and like Star Trek Beyond, please go to discussingtrek.com and sign up for the giveaway. And you have a you know first hundred people to sign up can it be entered to win those pop finals there on that page. So just go to discussingtrek.com and uh, check it out. Cobains, Cobains. Well, anyone who is listening and would like to support the show on Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash discussing network. Just follow us on there. We've got some exclusive content. We do have some content that is, if you are a supporter, that will, you know, be unlocked at that point. So, you know, maybe give us a cup of coffee, uh, anything you want to do to help out will definitely be appreciated. So, Mr. Brown, I appreciate you joining me for this discussion. I think this was fun. So I say until next time, um, we're going to go read some comics and uh, we'll be back next time. Cool.